Greetings and welcome aboard the Diecast Enterprise. This is Pags. Foley. Jay. And you're joining us for Season 2, Episode 12 of Next Gen, The Royale. And it's everybody's favorite episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's unique. It, it is. Well, it's, the, there's uh, an episode in the original series that's actually really similar. Actually, I, I would say that this is about as close as Next Gen gets to having its own Nazi planet, or more accurately, yeah. gangster planet. Yeah. You know, like, that was a trope that came around numerous times in the original series. It's like, oh, we've just found this planet, and oh, look, weird Nazis, that's strange. Or, oh, look, this planet has Native Americans. Or, oh, this planet has gangsters. Crazy. I am yeah. I'm sure there must have been a Wild West planet, too, or maybe that was just Battlestar Galactica. Uh, I don't there, know. There was a, a Wild West episode, but it was actually, that's the episode that is most similar to this. They have one where they're trapped in a Wild West story, and the town ends in just blackness and repeats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, th- this episode is extremely close to that particular episode of the yeah. original so, series. Yeah, this this is Next Gen doing the classic series trope of a planet that is all one thing from Earth's past. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty funny. It's, yeah, it's, it's a goofy episode. It's it's totally watchable. It's very oh, yeah. entertaining at times. It's not a good episode, but it is a fun episode. Like, the, the, the best thing about it is just watching Riker being really amused by everything oh, happening yeah. in the episode. Freaks and his uh, facial expressions throughout the entirety of the episode are golden. Like when we're first introduced to the character Texas, mm-hmm. uh, he, he makes some comments about his ex-wife and then you just see Frakes in the background looking absolutely delighted. Yeah, he's like, this is great. I have to imagine that it, for the actors, it must have been very fun to essentially be able to be spectators to a really bad melodrama mm-hmm. taking place in front of them. It's like, okay, what do you have to do here? You just have to watch. Pretty much your natural reaction to the shit they're going to say is going to be fine. I have some questions about the timeline. Shoot. So Texas mentions that he has a 91 convertible mm-hmm. when Data asks him about what his car looks like yeah. in an employee to escape the hotel. Yeah, yeah. And then they tell us that the casino sells for $12.5 million. They do. And we know the maximum possible publishing date for this book is like 2027, I think they said? Yeah, I think that's when they're, they're saying that the uh, yeah. the, the astronauts yeah. voyage took place. Yeah. So you got to figure either the book, the events in the book take place in the 1990s or somewhere near that time, mm-hmm. or they take place quite a bit further ahead in time but either so either Texas has a very old car or he has a new car and the value of the hotel doesn't make any sense at all yeah and it could just be that it's poorly researched but a casino I don't know I think it yeah. makes sense that it's it would an not cost anywhere car because it's like a paperback that the guy had on, on the ship just like a, a shitty mass market paperback do you think that they were, they were producing that in the 2025 20, mid 2020s probably yeah sure and and it probably would have been set like probably set more or less contemporary to us now or maybe even in in the 90s like mid 90s kind of deal <clears throat> the story is set in the 90s okay yeah maybe so just, just uh, the guy the, the, the writers didn't do his homework on what things would have cost yeah like right? yeah I'm if like, it weren't for that car remark I would have placed this uh, all of this happening well before the 90s like oh this, absolutely yeah. this felt like you know like you know 60s to yep, me it yes. did and, and I think the intent was that it was supposed to feel like something that would have been written in the 80s but set in the 50s yeah or in the 40s, you know, something that's yep. supposed to be really retro. So maybe it's, the, the concept is that, like, we, we do get told that it's a second-rate novel. It's a really bad novel. So it's someone in, like, 2030 mm. writing a novel set in the wild swinging past of the 90s. Of the 90s. Oh, yeah. But they're 
it, you know, they're the, misinformed the s- concepts of nice. But when the, when those novels that, that were written in the eighties about the fifties, often they incorrectly reflected what the culture yeah. was like based yeah, on exactly. what things were like in the contempt the time contemporary of the writer. Or, or so I like that idea the best. Yeah, or, or in like soap operas that were happening yeah. in the eighties. So I like that idea best because yeah. that suggests that in the twenty thirties it'll be like the eighties again. <laughs> you don't get that? Could, could very well be. Oh man! Like if you looked at the dress of the people stuff in is there, coming back, man. Oh yeah, it's, it's we're, already we're, it's back. way back. We're, we're seeing it. We're, it's way back, but I mean, like it's it's just like that's going to continue on. For, yeah. So you know, that's we're my for a twenty theory. year eighties yeah. trend. I, I think that's that's a pretty strong theory. I think that's what they were going for, yeah. probably. Okay. Uh, so I guess we haven't really talked about how this starts out. Basically, what happens is the episode opens with us finding out that uh, the Enterprise has come to this planet because the Klingons mentioned that went in passing that uh, they had detected debris in mm-hmm. orbit around the planet of a ship. So the Enterprise is there to investigate, and upon investigation, they discover uh, that, oh my goodness, this is debris of a NASA spaceship from, like, the... 2037? 20, 20, yes, yeah, roundabout yeah, The U.S. flag on the ship having 52 stars. Well, no, they, they find it later on the, the astronaut's spacesuit. His spacesuit. They, they find the flag on his spacesuit and say it has 52 stars. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, the, they don't the, figure it out until then. Yeah, because there is a flag on the uh, on the debris as well, so I, mm. I, I was... You're right. Riker was just too lazy to look count the stars. <laughs> yeah. They discover this, and then immediately thereafter, down on the planet, their sensors pick up this little bubble, this pocket of breathable air in this methane storm, or this uh, ammonia storm. Ammonia storm. And a, uh, <laughs> it's basically it's, Venus. It's, it's on a iceberg made of frozen methane. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the methane iceberg, and there's a structure there. So Riker's just all like, well, shit, let's just beam down there, because why not? Seems like a good idea. Breathable. We, yeah. we, there doesn't seem to be any danger. They beam down there, and it's uh, it's clearly a lazy day for the set designer, <laughs> because it's all black, except for a uh, a revolving door, which immediately Riker's like, well, let's go through that. Because... Wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, hey, look, I can see absolutely nothing here, but there is a revolving door. So instead of like trying to walk around the door to make sure that like it's leading somewhere, or oh. no, let's just go through it. Well, yeah. Like, what what, you, what are you gonna do instead? Just push your foot back to the ship with your tail between your legs? Hell no. I think Riker's I, an adventurer. Yeah, man. I, I personally would have taken like a, a lap around the door first. And I probably wouldn't have all of us gone in at once. I'd be like, hey, Data, why don't you go through the door first and then come back out and mm-hmm. tell us what you saw? But no, they all just go through the door because why not? That wouldn't make for an episode. Of yeah, Day. exactly. Yeah. So they go through the door and boom, they're inside this uh, apparently 90s hotel, which is yeah. especially funny considering that this episode was made before the 90s. Of course. Mm-hmm. So it's an episode about the future looking back at the past, which is still the future. But yeah, they, they managed good. it. That like, part's it, the best part of the whole it thing. It really looks like the 90s and yeah. it's it's... There's lots of... It seems to be set there. Yeah, so they go in and, hey, look, this this weird shitty hotel slash casino, and for some reason, there seems to be some weird soap opera going on accompanied by lots of sleazy saxophone, which it is unclear whether our characters can hear or not. I'm guessing they can't because they don't make any reference to it, but it would be funnier if they could. I liked it if the music just got pumped in at, yeah. at those moments. Yeah, and I wow, feel right like now. they should because it doesn't yeah. seem like the sort of music that you usually hear on yeah. the show. Yeah. So yeah. I, I like to imagine that it's just music that exists in that specific yeah. world that, that they've created. It makes sense that it would. Mm-hmm. Um, more than it would more than it would just be music that's in the episode. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so having entered the hotel, you know, they're they're having fun. This is a Riker is especially enjoying how ridiculous this place is. 
Up on the ship, <laughs> uh, Picard is kind of worried because when they lost contact with them, pers- you know, protocol demands that they immediately, you know, return to the uh, the beam down point. But Riker didn't because, you know, Riker. That was the best part. They, they even told him, like, hey, Riker, yeah, this is the protocol says we have to try yeah. like, right, and like, right now. And Riker's like, I ah, don't worry about it. It's yeah, fine. Like, don't be such a wiener, Data. <laughs> yeah. seems like fun. And later on, when they realize they are trapped, and Picard asks them straight up, like, what the fuck? Why didn't you come back to the ship? What are you doing? He, and he's like, oh, we couldn't. As if he, yeah. you know. Yeah, we, we, we can't leave. Like, he may, he glances like, over the detail that he's like, just like, oh, no, I was just having a good time. <laughs> Although, you know, Deanna's already sold him out because yeah. he said, yeah. like, are they in any dangers? And like, no, I feel that he's amused. Yeah. And now he feels trapped. So, I mean, that, the question does present itself, like, how on, how exactly does she sense this from... Is there sexy bond? I guess. So, <laughs> does, she, so does she feel this at all times? Yeah. Because that's, that's, a, that's a troubling thought. Oh, yeah. yeah, like he's getting down with some green chick? Yeah. Or just like, some... Oh, my God. Or some yeah, green dude? You never yeah, know with oh, Riker. Yeah, with Riker. Or yeah, some yeah, just sure. freaking recording he's got. Like, yeah. Her just, like... Maybe he's watching the Heart room, channel like, what again. The hell are you can she doing? turn it off? Like, can she block him? Yeah, like if she wants you know, like to. she's down the hall and like, oh, he's watching the Heart channel again. Exactly, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Or he's doing a he's doing a quote unquote workout with Mister Worf <laughs> in the holodeck. Oh, the man. thing longer. Yeah. Uh, so I I really love when they go and talk to the desk clerk who's very sassy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, that actor, like, I never remember his name, but he's in fucking everything. Yeah. Like he's all over the place. He he's is. in Forrest Gum. He's in, uh, well, Jesus, what else is he in? I don't know, he is all over the place. The guest spot on uh, Karma San Diego. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, he's extremely sassy. And and eventually they, they just get upset with him. Or he gets upset with them and just yeah. walks away. Yeah, he, he's yeah. he's really he doesn't really have time for them. But he's also he's he's that customer service yeah. dismissive. Isn't that charming? Yeah, turns like away. like what what do you call this planet Earth? What, <laughs> what do, do you, you call, call it? it? We call it Theta Seven. How charming! <laughs> turns around, goes back to sorting yeah. mail. We're, we're from so the good. United Federation of Planets. Of course you are. Of course you are. <laughs> how delightful! Uh, it, it's great. You know, and then like, the bellboy comes up and has this little conversation. Has Rita called for me? Listen, music. don't don't you talk about don't you get messed up mixed up with Rita, kid? It's no good. You're gonna get yourself killed. <laughs> it's uh, it, and then he feels the need to explain this to them. You know, it's like crazy kid. He's gonna it's, wind up street pizza. It's just a anyways. Kid. Here's your keys. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> and and the villain in this episode is Mickey, Mickey D. D. <laughs> Unfortunate. Oh man, yeah, he's so like, chosen. like super eighties comes in with like his white suit, you know, like and like, a big fur. But again, he's it. super eighties wearing an eighties rendition of a nineteen forties suit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it looks like something out of Miami Vice. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like the idea that maybe, maybe as we pretty much have demonstrated for the last sixty years, I like the idea that this is just going to continue on. Will mm-hmm. we more or less yeah. just pop culturally just cycle between the seventies, eighties, and nineties? Even the late '60s, '70s, and '80s, and yeah. just repeat. Mm-hmm. So this trend will will continue on at least oh, yeah. through 2000, the 2030s. Absolutely, uh, I, we, we're really on track for it right now. Yeah, we really are. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for the return of Pogs. Pimpmobiles? Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. So we get about Pogs, and then we loop back to the 60s. Yeah, see, 
car, maybe we're gonna see cars start to get cool again instead of nice. Fisher Price because I don't know what's been going on, but like it just seems like since the '80s, cars have just been progressing more and more towards this rounded corner Fisher Price Playmobil kind of look and away from the radness of like Knight Rider and but, DeLorean. I wouldn't worry about that much too much because soon we won't have any say in the design of cars. Yeah, just be Skynet determining it all. <sighs> yeah, that's true. Skynet, you just go for what's efficient. Get get some fucking style, Skynet. Yeah, seriously. Jeez, you're cool, but you're not. Yeah, really. oh, Robert Patrick's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I don't know. He was in Double Dragon <laughs> with Alyssa Milano. So were they were they the dragons? No, no. Uh, uh, the dragons were Scott, someone from Party of Five, and some other guy. Yeah, they, Alyssa they were... Milano is just some lady in the in the movie who uh-huh. like they. Uh, they meet up with like she run she's like some kind of resistance leader or something uh-huh. uh, and Robert Patrick is the bad guy he's, he's the, the shadow dragon whoa. guy whoa yeah and he's got like shadow dragon powers you see the guy the boss at the end of Double Dragon he's got the machine gun maybe I don't know like I don't know how much they drew from the actual game <laughs> it's not this it's pretty rich source material <laughs> yeah, you know they, maybe <laughs> I don't know if they were drawing from the game or the animated series at this point oh uh, yeah because there true. was that Double Dragon animated series which was also super good and, uh, like <laughs> <laughs> really good like what was that was, wasn't that movie with Van Damme and Dennis Rodman wasn't that like an unofficial Double Dragon movie no that was no. Double Impact yeah oh, double, double Impact no Double Impact is the one where he's got the twin it's oh, Van Damme right. and no. Van Damme uh, Van Damme's it is I, I know the one you're talking about um, though yeah I, I don't yeah. know which uh, one has Dennis Rodman and uh, oh. Van Damme Van Damme and Van Damme is basically it's Van Damme and then it's slick back hair Van Damme yeah no that that is Double Impact you're right uh, uh, Dennis Rodman I do remember that, that's a ridiculous movie that's speaking of 90s again it's super super 90s probably had the word extreme in the title no it did sure it didn't have extreme in the title or max maximum maximum Maximum. impact (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if you're gonna randomly generate a van damme it was double team oh double team double something double team 1997 Dennis Rodman right, played because yes. of the basketball all the basketball terms oh yes. yeah it's like everything that Dennis Rodman says in the movie god I gotta watch that movie yeah, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> is Mickey Rourke in it too yes yeah. he is as Stavros and uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme is Jack Quinn and Dennis Rodman is one name Yaz awesome and fantastic no one else of any real name. is the is the concierge from the Royale in that movie too <laughs> uh, I do not know please say yes um, this is uh, a vaguely Eastern Europe villain (laughs) salty though oh very salty um, so basically, Data starts gambling. He he, he finds yep. out. He, he learns blackjack from the Texan. Mm-hmm. Or from he accesses Texas. it from Texas. Then he accesses it from his his uh, database. And the Texas is uh, creepily like making this one woman yeah. lose all her money so he can molest her. Pretty much. Pretty much. I think there that subplot that we hear about in the book of like the older guy who's conspire who's going to conspire with the uh, the girl to kill her husband because right. she's squandering her inheritance yeah oh that's who, right I, I didn't even put that connection in yeah, yeah. Okay. so I think that's yeah. them because pretty much all of the characters that have anything going on mm-hmm. are mentioned in the plot synopsis yeah, yes yeah exactly you know, so uh, because that, it's not a very deep novel so it's just got did we characters. did we actually even explain that detail that they find the novel in the no don't we haven't so. gotten there yet okay <laughs> we, we, we've been kind of <laughs> we jumping around because there really isn't too much to sorry this audience we assume we assume when we do these <laughs> breakdowns you've watched each episode 25 times like we have I, 
I think it's a fairly safe assumption. I'm not sure that many of our listeners are coming into our podcast dry. Yeah, I've never watched the Star Trek in general. Yeah, you know, it's just like, oh, I want to hear about this episode before I watch it. Let's start with the central conceit. Yes. This is a, this story takes place in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the things that we were talking about while we were watching the episode is that it would have been so much better if it was a Golden Girls crossover. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. And the reason we're talking about that is because we recently discovered that there was a Webster crossover <laughs> oh. with Next Gen. The very last episode of Webster ever, the series finale, sees Webster on the Starship Enterprise Randomly interacting with Worf. Aboard. Yeah, yeah. So it takes cool. place during season two, and because uh, at that time, at that time, Roddenberry had made a proclamation that anything that happened on screen was canon. Uh, Webster aboard the Enterprise uh, can be argued as Holy Star canon. Trek canon. So that leads us to wonder what else could have happened, and the Golden Girls would have fit in perfectly. They, they would have been so good. Like I, we could I, have had Estelle at one of the slot machines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would like to see you know Blanche hitting on uh, Riker mercilessly throughout oh, the episode, exactly. and Riker just being all about it. <laughs> yep. Like you know, like ah, the the experienced older woman. Yes. Betty, <laughs> Riker like. Betty White and Data would basically have an arm wrestling contest. <laughs> which for not clearly defined reasons, Betty White wins. No, uh, Betty White would just like, uh, she would just impart a whole bunch of uh, St. Oh, Ida yeah. knowledge to, uh, to Data, to Data uh, who would just be fascinated by it all. For sure. And, and Dorothy would be the mummy in the bed upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor B. Arthur. Oh. Man. Uh, the kid, because I love. <laughs> the, the, the manager, the, the actor's name is Sam Anderson. Yes. And he has been on practically everything. Like, this guy's filmography here, he's got 159 credits. Is there a quick way to cross-reference him with Van Damme? <laughs> um, I don't... I'm, I'm not sure if you can do that on here. Like, I, IMDb, on the, IMDb on, why don't you have this feature? They used they to. Really should, yeah. it, it was a feature that was there. I don't know if it's... It might still be part of the, uh, the like, desktop site, mm. but uh, I don't think it's part of the... Uh, Right. You know, the, the this guy. The we'll, we'll, make, we'll make an addendum on this and get back to you on this one. But yeah, he's <laughs> the listeners. guy is in everything. He's I, it, he's been on WKRP in Cincinnati. He's in the uh, sequel to Airplane, Airplane Two. Remington Steel. Yeah, he's been on Remington Steel. Uh, he was on <laughs> TJ Hooker, so he has. He has uh, worked with uh, uh, with uh, Shatner. Hill Street Blues. Yeah. He's on a show called Murder One Dancer Zero. Yeah. It's a TV movie. Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, let's see. Good uh, title. Hill Street Blues. Blue Thunder. Oh, wow. Nice. He was in Tales from the Dark Side. Simon and Simon. Episode of New Heart. Magnum P.I. Magnum P.I. Hunter. Hunter. Hotel. Dallas. Uh, Valerie. Before it became uh, the Hogan family. He was on the Golden Girls. He's been on the Golden Girls. So that was their in right there. I can't believe they past that Hardcastle and McCormick What's Happening Now he was in La Bamba Cagney and Lacey Critters 2 that, like, that's oh what God. we just saw that he was in yeah. he, he's in Critters 2 21 Jump Street uh, Next Gen obviously Alien Nation oh God. Dark Angel uh, the TV series of Uncle Buck oh man Perfect, Perfect Strangers. Strangers of course he's in 37 episodes of Perfect Strangers uh, Memoirs of an Invisible Man <laughs> Jake and the Fat Man Jake and the Fat Man Growing Pains uh, Melrose Place L.A. Law. He was so basically. If there was a 1980s show, he was in it. He's in The Stand. Uh, I remember him from The Stand. Oh yeah. He's Whitney Hogan in The Stand. Oh my God, Briscoe uh, County Jr. Yeah, he's in The Puppet Masters with uh, you know with uh, <laughs> Sutherland. Uh, the Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. In the Heat of the Night. And obviously, we mentioned Forrest Gump earlier. Picket Fences. Uh, oh man, he's a voice in X-wing versus Tie Fighter. <laughs> yes, he's Imperial Officer Number Six. 
in his greatest role. Wow. Oh, man. Murder, She Murder, Wrote. Murder, She Wrote. Millennium. Uh, Boston Common. Uh, the Pretender. Remember The Pretender? Uh, I don't. You don't remember The Pretender? It was it about was this guy dumb. who could pretend to be anything. His oh. name was Jared. Yeah. Made me angry. Yeah, sucker. <laughs> I, what That's mean? why Jared doesn't like it. It was a great show. What but do you mean? Jared... I could pretend to be anything. Yeah, but he's, he's a super genius, he so he can do really it effectively. He's really good at oh. it. <laughs> okay. He's really good at impersonating professions. Okay. Uh, Net Force, the TV movie. Ali McBeal, The West Wing, Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place. Wow, it just goes on and on. Diagnosis Murder, three episodes of that. Been in Jag. So, okay. Angel. But no Van Damme vehicles. Uh, not like that it. I've seen yet. That's Slackers. Okay. Right. Uh, Everything else, though. Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh look at CSI Malcolm in the CSI. Middle Boston Legal uh, a different CSI series because <laughs> there's so many Grey's Anatomy NCIS which I guess is like CSI but for the Navy yeah kind of um, and a different NCIS <laughs> <laughs> Hawaii Five O, the new one wow, the new Dallas and he was on Always the old, old Dallas, Dallas and new, new Dallas, Dallas. Yeah. always on Justified yeah and Grimm Castle Bones, Bones maybe Sunday uh Coming wow. up, he'll be in the sequel to Ouija oh, and uh, a movie called Modern Love. Man, that guy has... He's been, done it all. That's a career. Yeah, he's just acting like there's no tomorrow. So, like... Uh, where were we? <laughs> we, we were, we talking, were talking about them finding the book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, like, finally they decide... They, they realize... They try to go outside and... That's not happening. They, they don't know how to use a revolving door because they just keep coming yeah. back or all the way That around. could have been done much better. Like, all they had to do was show... Riker going in one side and then cutting to a reverse angle of him coming through back through the door. But instead they just show all three of them going, going all, all the way, way around multiple times. And like, you guys, you just need to get out on the other side. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's just not possible. Like I get what they're it, trying to do, but it's not a good effect. Like they're, they're, they, it gives them the art from the twenty fourth century, they've probably never seen a revolving door before. <laughs> the strange thing about it though is they have achieved that effect before yeah. in an earlier season. Like rem- er, in an earlier episode. The Nagilam episode yeah. when they're when they're aboard the uh, the sister what? ship. One bridge, one bridge, <laughs> one Riker. <laughs> exactly, you know, like they have done that effectively before, walking through a door and ending up in the same place. So it's a little weird that they were incapable of achieving that here, but they didn't. So they they decide to try the elevator and they go upstairs and they find a room where there's a mummy in the. Bed. Yeah, they just happen to yeah. the first room they check just happens to be the one room no, in the, the hotel. They were getting weird readings on the tricorder. Oh, right, that's right. They that's there. right. They were following Data's tricorder to human remains. Mm-hmm. Couldn't his tricorder just have said, I'm getting the signal of a skeleton upstairs? Spooky, scary skeletons. Anomalous readings. I, I, I am detecting uh, high levels of spooky <laughs> right up here. It's getting higher and higher. Uh, I Riker, Personally, yeah. I would have liked it best if, upon revealing the skeleton, that if uh, Worf had become very upset because, like, for some <laughs> reason, Klingons are just really scared of skeletons. I thought you were going to say, Greg, we'll pull back the cover to reel the skeletons. And Dorothy from the Golden Girls! Well, one thing that is quite amusing here is, you know, they they pull back the sheets and there's this mummified corpse there. And uh, Riker is like, well, I imagine he died in his sleep. <laughs> that was <laughs> like, awesome. Did, did, you, did you figure that out? Because he's, Cause he's lying in, in bed. Because he's in a bed? <laughs> yeah, is, that, is that your only piece of evidence to support this? He never, he never corroborates it with anything else. So yes, <laughs> yeah. I think so. 
So yes, that he's was hilarious. Taking a tricorder in yeah, you know, he doesn't check to see if there are any signs oh. of a struggle or anything, no wounds or anything. Oh, it, it, the body's in a bed. He must have died here in his sleep, obviously. <laughs> Gentlemen, I believe this canary died of natural causes. <laughs> Everybody back in the hall. <laughs> uh, um, so data starts going through the closet and yeah. he finds the spacesuit and there's yeah. a flag with 52 stars on it. Yeah. So they say, oh, well, this must have taken place between 2032 20, 20, and 2079. Yeah. And, uh, is... So the, the two states, like my, my feeling is uh, probably Puerto Rico and DC. Yeah, yeah, the DC District of Columbia. Stated? Or Canada. <laughs> Canada's too big to be one state. It's, it's yeah. America's hat. <laughs> they would keep it that way. Uh, Maybe but, right. But um, through this search, they also discover two books. The Royale, the uh, novel upon which this, uh, this world seems to be based, and a diary with only one page filled in. Which is ridiculous! <laughs> yeah, like, and, and the best part is that it states, you know, I have been trapped here for 38 years. years! And this is the first time he's picked up a pen. He, he just never felt like it. Yeah. He, well, he was so into the world. Yeah. Although it's he a world states of, specifically like, that he was just yeah, a living hell. tediously written bullshit. Yeah. At the same time, though, it's a world of like limitless floozies, gambling, and booze. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess I can yes. see what his point. After 38 years, you'd get a little bored of that. Gets old. You know, 24-hour <laughs> room service. <laughs> the first you know? 37 years were fine, but, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. By the end, it was a drag. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I love this conceit that this uh, this diary only has one page written in it, and, it's, yeah. and it was 38 years into his imprisonment that he decided to make a note. And Maybe all he talks about is how bored he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh man, like I, I'm not mad at the aliens that have created this for me. They don't know what kind of living hell they've put me through, but I'll welcome death when it comes. I like to imagine, like, there were a bunch of other shelves there that they didn't look in. They're just like full, full of, of diaries. In a lot of ways, that does make some sense. Not that they left all the diaries, but he, he might have gone through uh, every emotion conceivable yeah. before writing that and just deleted everything else or yeah. erased it. Or mm-hmm. Also, maybe it just took him 38 years to find a pencil. <laughs> Uh, so uh, this information now imparted up to Picard uh, Picard looks up the book in the computer's library also information on the on the astronaut but we don't really care about that because what's really great here is Picard reading, reading the book a terrible novel and it oh, was a dark God, and stormy night and the, he face bombs yeah, yeah immediately oh, like, oh this God. doesn't bode well uh. Like, really? This reads like that novel Jordy wrote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's terrible. Jordy's terrible fan fiction. Yeah. Don't, I, I keep telling I'll never him. proofread for him again. Like, Jordy's erotic friend fiction? <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> he walked into the room and the tension instantly ramped up. Jordy, you can't create tension for your reader by saying tension. You, you, have, to, you have to make us feel it. Oh. Uh, so he would they show him reading the book for a little bit and then the rest of them go back downstairs in the hotel and are listening to the yeah. bellboy and concierge having a conversation again and it cuts back up to Picard and Deanna in yeah. his ready room and they're just listening to it oh, and god. looking so irritated yeah like <laughs> oh my god i can't believe how stupid yeah. this is I picard love that part. is just like he's resting his head in his hand you know like he elbow is, on the desk he has very little 
patience for poorly he's, written. Yeah, he's, and, and Deanna just like she excuses like, herself. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm like, <laughs> Sir, <laughs> stupid. Bye. With, with your permission, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, it's like um, our friends' lives are sick, but I just can't take this. This is so dumb. An I'm, interesting I'm note here: the very first appearance of the uh, of the line "It was a dark and stormy night" was in an 1830 novel by yep. Paul Clifford. Uh, novel Paul Clifford by Victorian novelist Edward Bulwer Lytton. Yeah, and has since become identified with bad writing and purple prose. Yeah, poor guy. It was original when he wrote it. <laughs> it was a dark and stormy night. Yeah, everyone else is just biting yeah, on him. Like, everyone's well, not like, his oh, fault. Shit. That's such a rad line writing this deal. It. <laughs> it's yeah. more than the rest of the novel is also crap. Yeah. Oh, fine. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so they can't find a way out like they go down and they try to question everybody but n- no one's talking it's really it's the, the the illusion that they're in is really programmed like a video game where only yeah. very few key characters yeah, there are only some have any NPC type of players scripted that, lines that talk at all and the yeah. rest yeah. the rest just go about their routine data tries to talk to the lady who's at the slot machine and she won't even yeah Estelle Getty has nothing to say to data <laughs> yeah. nothing yeah she didn't even give you know give him the time of day but then comes the shootout uh, yeah because oh, yes. Mickey D shows up and uh, kills the, the bellboy. Yeah, he looked a lot like '90s Doug Gilmore. And like as it's happening, <laughs> you know, Worf goes to intervene. He's like, "No, no, it's part of the story. Don't interfere." And then Mickey D shoots the kid and walks out the door and disappears. And then all of a sudden, Riker's like, "What? How did he get out?" It's like you know how he got out. You said it literally five seconds ago. It's part of the story. But that that was when he clued into the idea that maybe if they were part if of events the story. are scripted, yeah. they are part of the story. Yeah, I'm I'm just yeah. saying that you know yeah. he should have known exactly why. He disappeared through that door. It shouldn't have confused him. He's Riker's not as clever as the audience, though. <laughs> but so, at this first, point, first they have a consultation with Pulaski about you know maybe oh, if they yeah. just break through the wall and they'll get frozen solid, and she, yeah. she can probably revive them. Yeah, yeah. for, for, yeah, for <laughs> contractual reasons, uh, Pulaski had to appear in a scene. Yeah, just like she Wesley was, earlier. She was supposed to have a line in this uh, in this episode. Uh, I'm a doctor, not a magician. Oh man, but that line was cut mercifully, mercifully. oh jeez oh, that would have been yeah, I, that I, would have been too on the nose with their attempts to make uh, Pulaski into Bones I assume the show's writer Tracy Torme quit over that particular line being cut she quit uh, possibly not possibly over that line hopefully not. well like yeah. the Basically, the writer of this episode took her name off it and quit the show shortly afterward because she felt that too much of the humor had been yeah, taken out of the Yeah, she left the, the main writing staff and yeah. just became a story consultant. Yeah. So she was still technically working for them, but she was no longer, like, a writer on the show. And it's hard to say what exactly her original script was. She did feel that this episode had been much dumbed down, and I can certainly see that being the case. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, the budget on this episode is very clearly uh, yeah. practically non-existent. Like, yeah. Uh, reading up on it on uh, the Memory Alpha, there's discussion about how there were major uh, budget cuts on this episode. Like they didn't have the money to do anything, mm-hmm. which probably explains things like the uh, you know the the bubble on the surface of the planet where they can't see anything or the the hotel room the shots yeah. where they're going through the hotel um, yeah, they're hallways clearly, they're that's that's just the, the hotel in the 80s they yeah, just yeah. went they, down the street yeah it, it looks to me like a uh, like a soap opera set it's like oh uh, one life to live films next door and uh, we we can film there for for the weekend well the the uh, 
the extras in the in the, the casino lobby have a real like '90s look, probably or '80s look, probably because they just showed up in the yeah. outfits they were wearing anyway. Yeah, and like this is supposed to be Vegas. I love yes? it. Yes, like, it's supposed to be Vegas. Yeah, yeah, He's because uh, Texas says that he right. drove down to Vegas. He drove from yeah. Lubbock to, yeah, yeah. to to Vegas in his '91 Lubbock, Texas, in his '91 convertible. Yeah, yeah, like you do. Yeah. Um, so at this stage. Uh, Riker's asking uh, Picard, you know, well, what happens now? He's like, oh, well, uh, the way it ends is like, you know, there's that shootout and then the foreign investors buy the hotel and they head home and this is Riker's, you know... Yeah, well, idea. they they leave and leave the, the concierge in charge, yeah, the, the assistant yeah. manager. Yeah, the, the, the foreign investors aren't the focus of the story, though. They're just no. sort of an afterthought. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. they're you know, background characters that don't really have mm-hmm. scenes written, so Riker jumps on this opportunity because, haha, this is our way out. Yeah, yeah we, we become the NPCs and write ourselves out of the story. Perfect. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> so, that's just what they do. They uh, they basically cheat at gambling with, uh, with their robot man. Yep. Uh, they make him uh, fix the uh, dice. He Roll shoots. endless sevens. He shoots craps. Yep. And uh, they spread some money around because the uh, investors in the book are described as being flamboyantly generous. Uh, they make Texas it decides that he's not riding on the last uh, yeah. on the last <laughs> roll. Data tells him he's like, I, I you know, I advise. Like, you, I'd really advise you to just uh, yeah, stick yeah. with the stick with like, the kid. Nah, kid. You know, I'm getting off here, and then uh, and then he gets pissy about it after Data, you know, wins a gazillion dollars. Like, let's, it's, let's, it's great because he's legitimately hurt. Yeah, like, <laughs> you let me do that. I can't believe it. Let's 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 pause to break down just <laughs> just the degree to which Riker makes it rain. Oh man! <laughs> so they the, the the target number they needed in the story to buy the hotel was twelve and a half million. million dollars. Yeah. So Riker, sorry, there's seven hundred thousand off of that. Yeah, number. They no, they're two hundred thousand off it. They have twelve point three million. Twelve point three million on the last roll. So Data's like, <laughs> and Data for some reason is like, oh, let's overshoot by a bit. Yeah. So let's bet two seven hundred thousand, which would get them up to like twelve point nine. It's like no, let's bet it all. Riker's like, fuck it, bet it all. Yeah. So, so, so and then spread yeah. that shit around. Yeah, so yeah. like he comes out of this, like they, they come out of this with, you know, $24 million. Of which they only need 12 and a half. Yeah. And Riker's like, just give the rest, just make yeah. the rest rain. Yeah, yeah. like, here, here, take this out to the parking lot attendants. Here's something for yeah. you. Here's something for you. So it, it, Texas gets nothing. It, <laughs> exactly. Fuck Texas you. gets burned. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> when the hey. gravy train's in effect, every, everybody rides except you, Texas. <laughs> hey, he's the one who decided not to hey, ride. Hey, guys, <laughs> it's they, they, yeah, they, they basically spill the value of a casino in just like fun money for everybody yeah. there, and there can't be more than like fifty people there. Yeah, everybody came out of that really well. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like. It's, I want to just frequent casinos to just wait for that to happen. <laughs> I wish. I mean, it's like a, a casino now would cost. Let's conservatively say, I don't. Oh, know, I don't care what they're a billion dollars. The, I don't care what they're spreading the money around for. I just want to hang out in the casino <laughs> until some like eccentric rich person comes in and says, "Here, some money for you, some money for." Oh, God, yeah, I wish. Thank you. Yeah, make it rain. Oh man! Mm. And what, what we didn't mention is uh, Brent Spiner acting like a gambler. Oh. <laughs> Brent Spiner so. is always happy to have an opportunity to not be Data. Oh my God! So they, he they is brought having in fun. They brought in that Texas guy, like they so you know who delivered a fairly hammy performance. But Brent Spiner is not one to be out hammed. Oh no! no. <laughs> he, he is in smug overload. <sighs> yeah, yeah, blown on the dice. Flicks them out and snap. then snap. Exactly. Flick and snap. 
I mean, is he enjoying himself? Because oh, yeah. and he's not even looking when he throws the dice; just throws them, not not looking yeah. to see where they land. Because he's too confident for that shit. He knows. Well, he yeah. did read the book cover to cover. Like yeah. we know, he flipped through it and read it. So maybe he's like he's inhabiting out. the style of that shitty book. Maybe, yeah. uh, sure, sure. I mean, let's if, keep if we're going to come with an in-universe explanation, I think yeah. that's Data's the best brain we can do. is essentially the internet. Like, I mean, yeah. he so, can't. He just downloaded he just, some trolling. Yeah, he just like you know he went to the YouTube in his memory bank and you know it's like show me gambling. Oh, okay, I got it. Yeah. Uh, and then they uh, they walk out the door. Triumphant. And uh, yeah. I mean, you guys fill it in from here because at this point I had gone to the bathroom. Nothing else I, really happens. I, I, happens. Like my memory is that they walk out the door, they beam up. There's probably some bullshit with Riker talking to Picard, and then the end. Is yeah. That, they, about, that about the size of it. Yeah, they talk about the Rats last theorem a bit more. Oh. Yeah. Oh, which uh, in our reading uh it turns out uh at the beginning of the episode uh picard is getting his math boner on by checking out uh this uh this theorem that has been unsolved for 800 years but then it turns out that six years after this episode was written it was solved <laughs> so uh yeah. they they did eventually address that in an episode of deep space nine directed by the same person who directed this episode mm-hmm. i mean it, there was no solution for a very long time yeah yeah no it was perfectly reasonable for them to assume that this would continue to be unsolved it's, for it's, quite it's, some time and it's it's not a solution it's a proof like that mm-hmm. yeah yeah but yeah uh but yeah, and then the, and then the episode's over yeah and we uh, all learned a valuable lesson about gambling and I believe that <laughs> and how the, great it is yeah, yeah. how Gambling's awesome it is awesome. I mean, gambling is great as long as you can you know as long as you dice. have a magic robot man yeah, yeah who, uh, absolutely yeah who can ensure that you can make it rain on everybody <laughs> oh man oh, you would make it rain so hard it's hard to, it's hard to make it rain more than Riker did though really that's true that was really cool Riker loves being in that position too like he's clearly like, he was having a ball and and most <laughs> of this episode like there's that little midsection where he's kind of pissed off that they can't leave but yeah, he's like, most Ooh. of the episode he's having a really good time He's like, oh shit, we can't leave. Oh, I guess that could be dangerous, but <laughs> this is pretty fun. I'm still having a good time. 24 hour room service, shit. Hey, yeah. oh yeah, when you heard the kitchen never closed, it should. I'm not worried anymore. Yeah. We're in no danger. And she, like Pulaski tells him that you know they could possibly break through the wall and they might freeze instantly. She could probably revive them. So he says, so what you're saying is we should probably find our own. Yeah, way if, out if you're trying to motivate us <laughs> to uh, get ourselves out of here, uh, mission accomplished. Yeah, her plan was horrible. Yeah, so she's like, okay, listen, screw your plan. Yeah, let's. I don't just think gonna we... hang out in this hotel for a while. We should stress just how nasty the environment was on that planet. They're talking about like ammonia, ammonia storms. storms. It's surface temperature of like minus two hundred and sixty, two hundred seventy yeah. Celsius. Great. It was like an ice cold version of Venus, basically. Yeah, yeah. pretty shitty out. Yeah. So uh, how are we gonna rank, rank this episode? Well, it's tough because it's know. fun, but it's stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this episode, I, I, I would, I'm gonna give it a. Uh, I'll, I'll give it like a. Lieutenant Commander. That's two filled-in pips and one empty pip. It's high praise. I don't know. That I, that's actually kind of middle of the road. Like, because then there's like Commander and I know, but we basically reserved all the higher ranks for episodes that don't take place before season two, three. <laughs> the sort of well, unwritten I mean, assumption here that one. Uh, one one must remember that, like, I mean, well, these ranks are also kind of normalized per season. So, like, yeah. a captain oh, yeah. of season two wouldn't be a captain of season three. Oh, that's not four. how I'm doing it, baby. Oh no, just just all homogenous. You you go with your whatever system you want to follow. Uh, I will go with mine. Very well, very well. That's part um, of the fun. Right? Yeah, I'm giving this a middle of the road. I'm giving this a, a lieutenant commander. That's fair. Okay. So what do you figure? Uh, Can I make up a rank to annoy Josh? No, <laughs> no, you. Can I, I think you could. Hotel concierge. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. 
<laughs> one Blanche. God, no. <laughs> so yes. much. Uh, what, yes. one, what's one rank but below Lieutenant Commander? Just Lieutenant. lieutenant. I'd go with yeah, Lieutenant. Full just, Lieutenant? Just yeah. two pips. Yeah. i go with Full Lieutenant. Very well. Two Lieutenants, one Lieutenant Commander. Yeah. Uh, and a Hotel Concierge. And one Absolutely. Hotel Concierge. One, one yep. Sam Anderson, or whatever the hell is. Oh, yeah. Um, so, oh, next. Ventilated Bellboy. Next time, we're coming up on Times Square. Oh, oh that's that great. episode where they find that future Picard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that one. Yeah, oh, and, not the one and I Picard think gets angry at future Picard, <laughs> who's who can't do or say anything because he's you know out of sync with time at this point. So H, like, why are you a dick all the time? His, his brain is all, <laughs> and and Picard's just he's pissed off that there's another Picard because there can be only one. Yeah. It's true. Uh, Wouldn't you? And be and if I recall correctly, I think he actually uh, kills himself. That's weird. Yeah, I, I think I th- I'm pretty sure Picard murders future Picard. I, I totally don't recall. It's well, so we'll, we'll find out next time on a very special episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. It's a battle against time. (laughs) (laughs) And lives are on the line. With special guest star Estelle Getty. (laughs) Oh god, I wish. That'd be great. Alright, so thank you for joining us here aboard the Diecast Enterprise. This is Pags. Jay. We will see you next time.